is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, tons going on, tons to talk about. How many slaves are on our southern border? How many slaves are on our southern border? Sex slaves, indentured slaves, slaves. Modern time slavery, how many are there? Where are they? What are we doing about it? We have a lot of slaves on our southern border. A lot. And Joe Biden doesn't have a problem with that. Kamala Harris won't even go down to the border to watch. Dan Goldman, a sleazeball putz on the Judiciary Committee and elsewhere, he's all for it. The Democrat Party has no problem with modern-day slavery, sex slavery, indentured slaves. No problem whatsoever. None. The American media don't have any problem with modern-day slavery. None. We're not even talking about enslaved, quote-unquote, white people. We're talking about enslaved black and brown people. And black and brown people who've gone to college in our country, who are wealthy, who are in the media, who are in the Democrat Party, who are in the White House or at the Department of Homeland Security, have no problem with it. None. You don't read about it in the slimes, in the, in the compost. You don't hear about it on the constipated news network or MSLSD. You don't read about it on Mediate and Dan Abrams' little group. Or Soros's group, Media Matters, nothing. None of the Democrat Party operations, platforms, organizations care. In fact, they promote it. Slavery on our southern border. Now they say if only the Republicans would give us more money. They want more money to process more illegal immigrants. You don't get more money for that. Well, that's not true, says fake Jake Tapper. It's going to the Border Patrol. So what? 
The border patrol's unable to secure the border because they're ordered not to. And he knows it. But he doesn't care. He, they, they don't care about modern-day slavery on our border. They don't care about the conditions these people are in. And they just keep coming and coming and coming. Changing our way of life in America. Changing our way of life in our cities. Consuming resources. Precious resources. That are there for American citizens. The Democrat Party doesn't care that the people are harmed the most by illegal immigrants and the illegal immigration are brown and black people. They don't care. These people come from elite institutions. They're more concerned about their party than the country. They figure in the end it'll work out just fine for them and their party. Because these people have children and then they'll be indoctrinated. They'll have no connection to the Constitution. They won't speak English, won't be assimilated. Perfect. You think I'm kidding? This is all planned. This is all intentional. And they turn it into a white versus black, brown, white versus Latino That's what they do. Because that's who they are. You don't believe me? We've now been exposed in a horrific way to the level of anti-Semitism, Jew-hating, American-hating by the Marxists and the Islamists in in academia, both at the administrative level and in the faculty tenured level. And certainly now at the student level. It's a rat's nest. And we're paying for all of it. A rat's nest. But they're doing exactly the same thing when it comes to Hispanics. Exactly the same thing when it comes to the border. As the Marxist critical theory ideology and propaganda spread throughout academia, the media, and beyond, so do the number of movements associated with it, spawned from it. For example, another significant and growing movement is the Latina, Latino critical race theory, what they call Latcrit. Now, the average Latino or Hispanic working for a living, paying their taxes, doing what Americans do, they know nothing of this. They're not causing this. This isn't a grassroots up movement. Any more than any of these movements are grassroots up movements. It's top down. Latcrit in critical race theory, which, as Lindsay Perez Huber, a postdoctoral scholar at UCLA, writes, involves, quote, experiences unique to the Latino Latina community, such as immigration, status, language, ethnicity, and culture. This is him. A Latcrit analysis has allowed researchers to develop the conceptual framework of racist nativism, a lens that highlights the intersection of racism and nativism. The overarching theoretical frameworks are critical race theory, CRT, 
This is him. And in particular, uh, let's see here, LATCRIT. CRT, LATCRIT. In educational research, unapologetically centers on the ways race, class, gender, sexuality, and other forms of oppression manifest in the educational experiences of people of color. CRT draws from multiple disciplines in ch- to challenge the dominant ideologies such as meritocracy and colorblindness, which suggest educational institutions are neutral systems that function in the same ways for all students. He says this framework challenges these beliefs by learning and building from the knowledge of communities of color whose education experiences are marked by oppressive structures and practices. The efforts of revealing racism in education is a conscious move towards social and racial justice and empowerment among communities of color, unquote. This is going on in our colleges and universities. It's going on in our public school system. And I point out, this is American Marxism, by the way. To understand lacrit, one must understand race and racism. That is, as with critical race theory generally, the nature of white supremacy and the white dominant culture. Quote, understanding racism as a tool to subordinate people of color reveals its intent as an ideological function of white supremacy. White supremacy can be understood as a system of racial domination and exploitation, he writes, where power and resources are unequally distributed to privileged whites and oppressed people of color. Indeed, writes Huber, one can be victimized by racism despite the reality of whether or not any real difference exists. What? In other words, it's in the DNA. There's no escaping it. He says racism is defined as the assigning of values to real or imagined differences in order to justify white supremacy to the beliefs of whites and on the expense of people of color and thereby defend the right of whites to dominance, he says. Now, in defining racist nativism, Hubert declares, quote, historically perceptions of the native have been directly tied to definitions of whiteness. Beliefs in white supremacy and historical amnesia have erased the histories of the indigenous communities that occupied the United States prior to the first white European settlers. See, I told you about this the other day. Now I'm quoting it so you understand this is what's going on. Whites have been historically and legally deemed to native founding fathers of the U.S. With this important connection between nativism and whiteness in mind, racist nativism, that would be you. That's what we're taught, you see. Racist nativism is defined as the assigning of values to real and imagined differences in order to justify the superiority of the native who is perceived to be white over that of the non-native who is perceived to be people and immigrants of color and thereby defend the native's right to dominance. You see how sick this poison is. Now, there's another professor and author, Stefanik. No, not that one, this one. She asserts that the Latino-Latina CRT has been around for half a century or so. Its progenitor, she writes, was Rodolfo Acuna. Now, stay with me on this. I know this is 
deep stuff, but this is where all this is coming from on the border. You'll see in a minute. Who was the first scholar to reformulate American history, reformulate American history, to take account of U.S. colonization of land formerly held by Mexico and how this colonization affected Mexicans living in those territories. His thesis has proven as powerful for Latinos as the potent theories of Derek Bell have been in understanding the dynamics of race for blacks. Uh, the founding father of critical race theory. Always considered a moron his day, but there you are. So as I write, not only in the United States, therefore, a white-dominant, systematically racist society oppressing all people of color, but the country's very existence is illegitimate due to the colonization of Mexico's land. We're getting closer to what's going on on the border. Stick with me. Hence, the true natives are the indigenous Mexicans, not the whites who promote racist nativism. Acuna's 1972 book, Occupied America. You have to understand, again, all of you folks, you're working for a living, you're doing, this is what's going on in the culture, in our schools. This is what's being taught. This is the brainwashing. And how we get results like an open border. Stick with me. So his book, Mexicans, Chicanos, in the United States today are an oppressed people. They're citizens, but their citizenship is second class at best. They're exploited and manipulated by those with more power. And sadly, many believe that the only way to get along in Anglo-America is to become Americanized themselves. Assimilated, in other words. Americanized themselves. Awareness of their history, of their contributions and struggles, of the fact that they were not the treacherous enemy that Anglo-American historians have said they were can restore pride and a sense of heritage to people who've been oppressed for so long. In short, awareness can help them to liberate themselves. In other words, being the true natives, Mexicans and Chicanos, ought not assimilate into an Anglo-American culture. The former are oppressed and the latter are colonists. You with me, Mr. Producer? Step by step, how I write these things, but Acuna's dire assessment respecting the condition of the Mexican population in the United States cannot explain why Mexico is the top origin country of the U.S. immigrant population. In 2018, roughly 11.2 million immigrants living in the United States were from there, accounting for 25% of all U.S. immigrants. Why would millions of Mexican citizens leave their home country to migrate both legally and illegally, to America, in some cases risking life and limb, not only to be, quote, exploited and manipulated, unquote. The fact is that they are escaping oppression, poverty, crime, and corruption in their own countries for a better life in the United States. Now, stay with me. Actually, I'm going to take a break now. I'm getting to the point, but I've got to lay the foundation. This is the way it works. You now know more than anybody else, except those who've actually read the book. But what's going on in our classrooms, how they're teeing up this entire issue of open borders, and that people who are here, people who have settled on this land, are the illegal aliens. Are the illegal aliens. 
and this Americanization, this assimilation of the indigenous peoples who've been forced out of these territories is to promote white domination. More when I return. Mark Levin. I have to do the digging here, folks, because obviously most people are just too busy and have their own lives. But I have to unravel what's going on in our colleges and universities because it's having an enormous impact on our lives. The Democrat Party are well represented in these institutions and these cultural areas of our life, and we are not. So this is an entire ideological movement. What's going on on the border is the consequence or the ends of the means. It is being executed by people with these mindsets that I'm revealing to you within the administration, within the government. It's not grassroots Latinos or Hispanics or grassroots anybody who's pushing for this. You can see the impact it's having on our major cities. You have Democrat mayors, Democrat governors, Democrat members of Congress who keep blaming Governor Abbott, They just need more resources, blaming the Republicans. No, it has nothing to do with Governor Abbott or the Republicans. Nothing whatsoever. Joe Biden, by federal fiat, executive orders, and regulations, is actively, affirmatively, and intentionally destroying our border. This is Liberty's 911 Hotline. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, folks, it's amazing what we do here, and I mean we. Because without you in the audience, there would be no we, there'd be no program. How we discuss history and economics, philosophy. How we go deep. Almost like a graduate school course from time to time. How I write these books, you read them, you buy them. It's an amazing thing. Do you think that happens over at MSNBC with their audience? Never. CNN, never. And the Hillary Clintons and the Michelle and Barack Obamas and the Bidens and the other who cast aspersions on you. This is a tremendously successful program. It has been for over two decades now. For two decades. I'm on Fox. Those two programs are number one. I write these books. Number one. I'm on The Blaze. Levin TV. Killer. But you see, some people get it the wrong way around. I can present this information, but if nobody's interested in it, it doesn't matter. So you're the ones who are number one. On the New York Times bestseller list. You're the ones who are number one on the weekends on Fox. It's you. You're the, num- you're the ones, many of you, for over two decades, off and on some, but some since the beginning, have listened to this program. You want to be informed, and you are. There's no liberal audience like this anywhere. Anywhere. TV, radio, nowhere. Nowhere. They're a bunch of clapping seals. Now, a little bit more so we can get to the nub of the matter. 
In their book, Navigating Borders, Critical Race Theory, Research, and Counter-History of Undocumented American, it's a long title, University of Arizona professor Ricardo Castro Salazar and United Kingdom Durham University professor Carl Bagley proclaimed that, quote, scholars have repeatedly pointed out that the U.S. people and their leaders tend to be chronic ignorers of history. This amnesia becomes damaging when it forms the boundaries of inclusiveness in modern narratives of U.S. identity and citizenship. So imagine having this poured into your skull day in and day out and day in and day out. No wonder these people go into the streets and hate America. No wonder they vote heavily for Democrats. No wonder they want freebies. The Quotian narratives of history and current events in the United States, they write, overlook that America, quote-unquote, encompasses two continents and includes, and they list a whole bunch of countries, many other nations traveled by European explorers in the 1500s. In a proclivity for simplification and abbreviation, many U.S. people, you know what they call us? Many U.S. people, United Stations. Did you know you're in a United Station, Mr. Producer? have forgotten that the United States is of America, not the other way around. The United States is located in Northern America, but has shaped the realities of Central and South American nations. So I point out, see where we're going? The argument goes America is bigger than the United States, encompassing two continents, and the United States and its majority white European-linked population, namely United Statians, are the true trespassers. Indeed, Mexican-Americans have a greater claim to the United States territory than, I write, American Anglo-Protestants, according to Castro Solazar and Bagley. They write, quote, ironically, undocumented Americans of Mexican heritage and origin have a double American identity, United Statian and Mexican, and possess a stronger historical connection with the American continent than the majority population in the U.S. People of Mexican origin, meaning those with a blend of indigenous and European heritage, lived in the lands that are now the southwestern United States centuries before U.S. expansionism dispossessed Mexico of half its territory. Those who perceive American origin Americans as a threat to American Anglo-Protestant identity do not overlook this. They fear that no other immigration group in the U.S., they, they're quoted as saying, has asserted or could assert a historical claim to U.S. territory, Mexican and Mexican-Americans can and do make the claim. You can also see why the same people who are being turned into zombies to hate this country with these kind of arguments hate the Jews and the Israelis and support the Hamas Nazi Palestinians. It's the same ideology. It's the same approach. And so in applying critical race theory to the discussion about what Castro and Salazar and Bagley define as undocumented Americans of Mexican origin, they argue that critical race theory holds that all knowledge is historical and therefore biased and subjective. So like Marx, history begins today. The past must be destroyed. The status quo must be destroyed. And we today will write the history. 
Doesn't matter about ancient history in the Middle East. Doesn't matter about the history, the founding of America. None of that matters. It's all poison. Theory of society rejected any claim to objective knowledge, they say, and focused on uncovering the oppressive mechanism of society. The purpose was to understand such mechanism in order to develop conditions that would allow the oppressed to free themselves. So, I point out, illegal aliens are neither illegal nor aliens and are actually the victims of internal colonization, as they put it. That is, quote, the conquered group is dominated and controlled through various means, including violence and more subtle attacks on the subordinated group's culture, language, religion, and history. Consequently, I point out there is opposition and resistance to assimilation into the American culture by a host of racial and ethnic activists. The culture of Anglo-Protestant identity, as they put it, or the white dominant culture, for which they are taught to have complete and and passionate contempt. Now, America, Mr. Producer, are you able to link what I'm saying to what's going on on the border now? Are you America? It goes on. I can't read the whole book to you, the whole section. It's an American Marxism. The countries are legitimate. The white dominant population is illegitimate. They're interlopers. They're the aliens. And they are here illegally. You. Many of you, not all of you, because all of you aren't white. Me. Just like the Jews in Israel, they say. So the border should be open. The borders are illegitimate. America's bigger than the United States. You heard it. I read it to you. America's bigger than the United States. It's Central, South America. The United States just colonizes these other areas, directly and indirectly. It projects its power onto their cultures. The entire language is wrong. In fact, the language we speak is wrong. We have colonized this continent. It's not ours. And so, American history is a joke. It's to be rejected. American culture is a joke. It's to be rejected. It's been imposed on indigenous peoples. The American language of English should be rejected. Everything related to the United States of America is to be viewed as abhorrent. Abhorrent. So of course the border is wide open. These are the Marxist latcrit. Now you know what it means. The Marxist latcrit. That is CRT. Latcrit ideologues. We're running the bureaucracy in our government. We're writing the executive orders that Joe Biden signed. And so while Biden can play with the media and all the rest about the Republicans won't spend enough money, the Republicans won't support comprehensive immigration reform when all he has to do is enforce the existing law. 
those are all shiny objects. This has nothing to do with Republicans. Nothing to do with money. It is driven by Marxist ideology. And they could give a damn if the mayor of New York likes it or not. And they could give a damn if Chicagoans like it or not. And they could give a damn if black communities like it or not. They could give a damn about any of it. Their goal is to destroy the existing society, whether it's a black community, an existing Hispanic community, a Jewish community, an Irish, Italian, America, the melting pot. They say BS to that. America is fraudulent. This is one of the tributaries to critical race theory. That's why I wrote the book. This is just one of many. Built on this Marxist ideology, which is why I've tried to change language. This isn't a civil rights movement. No. This is civil rights Marxism. That is, taking civil rights and redefining it completely. Repositioning it to advance the Marxist agenda. Certain liberals. These are Marxist ideologues. Just like we have Islamist ideologues in our colleges and on, on television. They're ideologues. Even here, where we live. Believe in any two-state solution. America as it is must be destroyed. From within. And so immigration is not immigration. It says nothing to do with immigration. We use that word I do, so we're at least talking the same language. This isn't immigration. This is the destruction of the American society. And I've got the books, the professors, their statements, their writings to prove it. To prove it. As I always do. This is why the border is wide open. This is why the quote-unquote replacement theory is constantly attacked by the left, the Democrat Party, and the media. Because that's not a theory. It's exactly what's taking place. This is what they're preaching. Did I not just read that, Mr. Producer? All these classrooms, this is what they're advocating. And that's what's taking place. Fundamental transformation of America. That's the general you know, fortune cookie line, but that's what it is. And in all respects, all respects, whether it's our economic system, our energy system, but especially the border, and especially the nature of the citizenry in this country, and especially the destruction of the American culture and assimilation. And by the American culture and assimilation, I mean people of all colors and backgrounds and faiths. That's being destroyed. The most diverse nation on the face of the earth. The most benevolent nation about diversity on the face of the earth. Ever! Ever! With over a hundred languages. God knows how many colors and faiths and all the rest of it. Has been able to live as, a, as, as one people for so long. That's all being destroyed. Intentionally. 
You can't bring down the country if people are happy. You can't bring down the country if people are getting along. You can't bring down the country if people are relatively successful. You got to destroy it all. Bit by bit, inch by inch. If you're going to have your revolution. And since the people, the American people really aren't interested in a revolution. They don't even think about a revolution. Well, then we just do it. As Lenin told us. As Gramsci taught us. You just do it. Through the elites. Through the ruling class. And that would include the media and academia. As well as judges. Prosecutors. In other words, the people with power. Rather than being people of virtue. Who are supposed to uphold the society. And strengthen the culture. They're not people of virtue. They're destroying it. The board is wide open. Because Biden and his apparatchiks, Obamaites, they want it wide open. What's happening is what they want to happen. If there's sex slavery, so be it. If there's fentanyl, so be it. If all these things, that's the price you have to pay for the revolution. That's what Mark said. And that's what they're doing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I, uh, there is another piece of this I want to address that's very critical, very important. At the top of the next hour, and then we'll move on. But I want to give you as much context as I can. Look, three hours of radio is a big deal. It's not enough. If you want to learn all about it, you got to read the book. I've done all the research that needs to be done. But that said, I know millions won't. So I want to convey some of the information and next hour there's a piece that I didn't get to given the time constraint that I absolutely must address and I think it's uh, very important for you I'm going into this issue of immigration very deeply as I have on many many shows and in many of my books because it's front and center the Republicans want to impeach Mayorkas the Democrats think he's doing a fantastic job It's because the Democrats, in every respect, are part of the American Marxist movement. Every single respect. The destruction of our economic system, energy independence, the defense of the government against our parents, opposition to freedom of speech and academic freedom, defending racist and bigoted school administrators. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Tonight's the kind of night where I should be doing a five-hour show, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Welcome back, America. It be me. Our number is 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I said there's another piece of this, and there is. And we've talked about this many, many times in the past. 
Well, what if you're Hispanic? That word Hispanic was created by the Nixon administration. It was created by the Nixon administration, the Bureau of the Census. Because Nixon wanted to create a, an umbrella ethnicity, an umbrella ethnicity to counter black, the black population. Because prior to that, some people might call themselves Latino, but they were Peruvian or they were Cuban or so forth and so on. They didn't view themselves half a century ago as part of a continent or as a definable group, Hispanics. That was literally created by the federal government. And you will find that most Marxists won't use the word Hispanic. They'll use Latino. And now they won't use Latino. It's Latinx, I-X. Which, of course, is, you know, illiterate. But what about Americans from Central and South America who don't want to be part of this crazy-ass revolution? Just say, hey, look. We're all Americans, red-blooded Americans from different parts of the world. Not getting into this stuff about, you know, indigenous, non-indigenous. How far back do you want to go? Red-blooded, patriotic Americans all. And what of Latino Americans, we'll play the game, who reject this ideological fanaticism? Again, from my book, American Marxism, echoing Marcuse, who you may remember, who was one of the Marxists who came out of Berlin, was chased out of Berlin, the Third Reich, the Frankfurt Group, who did enormous damage to this country. So echoing him in his, quote, repressive tolerance, repressive tolerance. That's what you patriotic Latino Americans are going through, repressive tolerance. You're psychologically off, you see. Castro, Salars, and Bagley claim that, quote, the phenomenon becomes more complex when they colonized, etern- internalize the colonist mentality and become part of the colonizing majority. So if you're a patriotic American who comes from or his heritage is from Central or South America, you've internalized the oppressor, the oppressor's mentality. You've internalized colonization. You're part of the colonizing structure and you support many of its actions. You're the enemy. You're worse than the white Protestant Europeans. You're worse, according to these people. So as I point out, so American, Mexican-Americans and other immigrants who assimilate into American society <coughs> have been snookered. Snookered by or sold out to the colonizing white majority. That's right. That's why they're lined up at the southern border. Castro, Salars, and Bagley declare internal colonization is a form of inegalitarian pluralism. Where different ethnicities and cultures coexist, but ethnic relations traditionally follow an assimilation model. Like in the United States. 
It is also a form of racism where the dominant culture views the colonized ethnicities and cultures as alien and inferior. It's the case of Native African, Asian, and Mexican Americans in the U.S. Internal colonization exists in the United States with or without the intention of the individuals and can be found in all dimensions of life. So in other words, you can't help it. You don't even notice it. You're unwitting victims and then you become oppressors. See how sick this is? Internal colonization contradicts the notion of an integrated, they say, and democratic society where some researchers argue political and economic inequalities are not temporary but necessary for the industrial capitalist system. I told you it's civil rights Marxism. The dominant society has not, does not see such contradiction, which perpetrates their privileges. So according to these people, assimilation and capitalism promote targeted oppression and inequality against minorities by the supposedly white-dominated society. And it goes on. You can read it for yourselves. So this is where the whole mentality of the open borders comes from. This is why stop calling these people legal aliens. They're undocumented. Oh, no, no, no. They're not undocumented. They're just human beings. Now, Joy Reid is a racist, bigot, anti-Semite, and homophobe. And you have to ask yourselves a question, seriously. Why would you give a primetime platform to allow a reprobate, a true thug like this, night after night after night, to spew her, her cancerous hate? against people that she hates simply because of what group is assigned to them. This is somebody who has mental issues. She's unhinged. But worse is the board of directors of Comcast that owns NBC and MSNBC and Universal and a bunch of other places. But to allow this kind of racism, bigotry, Night after night? Well, here she is on MSNBC yesterday. Cut six, go. People didn't want to accept that it's not economic anxiety. It's racial anxiety. It's demographic panic. And to your very point, um, the reason that we needed Rachel Maddow to exist in the world, for most people to know how many Americans were fascist and That's were right. pro-Hitler in, right. in the 30s in the 30s and 40s, people wanted to believe that all of America wanted to overthrow Hitler and was, and was disdainful of fascism when there was a giant chunk of America that was for fascism and wanted to replicate a Hitler in Washington, D.C. giant chunk of America. Notice she doesn't point to my book, Mr. Producer. They were Democrats for the most part. Democrats. Hitler learned from the Democrats. He learned from Woodrow Wilson. He learned eugenics from the Democrats. He read what they had to say. From Margaret Sanger, the great Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood, and others, particularly one lawyer, a Democrat. He read their stuff. He turned their writings into German publications. And Joy Reid is a member of that party. And Rachel Maddow is a member of that party. Ah, they only go so far, don't they? They only go so far. 
our colleges and universities, professors and administrators, embraced the Third Reich and Hitler, even when they were starting to hear word about what he was doing. They had students exchange programs like we have with the Hamas supporters in the Middle East or the Marxists in China. It's funny how they twist this on Republicans and conservatives the way they twist slavery on Republicans and conservatives and segregation. So they have a hearing today. A hearing to deal with what's been taking place on the border. And more than even the reprobate Democrats who support what's happening on the border, they support modern-day slavery on the border. They support modern-day sex trafficking on the border. They support the rape that's taking place on the border because they and their party and their great leader, the former Grand Kegel of the Kegel, (laughs) make that Kegel. That's right. Of Wilmington. He wasn't given that title. I'm giving him that title. There you have it. But I want you to listen to Tammy Nobles, whose daughter was brutally tortured and murdered by MS-13. And understand this committee didn't want to hear from her. The Democrats don't want to hear from her. I don't know. Has she ever been a guest on Jake Tapper's program? No, he's got, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders. Ever invited on The View? No. Sakon Fancetti over there at the MSNBC? No. So basically, if you didn't watch this hearing today on C-SPAN or catch it somewhere else, or watch Fox or Newsmax or OAN, you'd never would have heard of it or seen it. Tammy Nobles, cut nine, go. Let's take a moment and think about how Kayla felt that day, how scared she must have been that day knowing that she was dying if she was going to see her mommy again her baby sister her brother or her cat oreo kayla fought for her life that day with all that she had and in the end she lost to an individual that wasn't even supposed to be allowed in the country for me this is not a political issue this is a safety issue for everyone living in the united states This could have been anyone's daughter. I don't want any other parent to live the nightmare that I am living. I am her voice now, and I'm going to fight with everything I have to get her story told and bring awareness of the issue at the border. If we had stricter border policies, my daughter would still be alive today. Nothing will bring my daughter back nor fix the pain of not having her here. I don't want to prevent this from happening to someone else's child. This isn't about immigration. This is about protecting everyone in the United States. No wonder they don't want you to hear from her in 99% of the media. They don't want you to hear from her. They don't want you to hear the voices of those who have been murdered. You hear them? I hear them. You hear them screaming from the heavens? You hear them saying, how could you do this to me? 
What kind of a country is this that doesn't protect their children and their teenagers? You hear them yelling and screaming? I hear them. Josephine Dunn, mother of a daughter who died from fentanyl poisoning. Cut 10, go. My daughter Ashley has left this earth 967 days ago. Today would have been her 29th birthday. In the next five minutes, you will see many beautiful photos of Ashley on the screens. Photos are all that my family and I have left of her. That's not true. I guess we do have a small amount of ashes in an urn, and we do have our memories. In that same five minutes that I get to share her story after I traveled all the way from Arizona for Mr. Mayorkas not to appear here today, someone else's loved one in the United States will die in this same five minutes that I get to speak because of fentanyl. Over the next 24 hours, 190 loved ones in this country will die from fentanyl. 50% of that fentanyl is coming through my state with an open border. The beautiful state of Arizona today will lose five people to fentanyl. Five. You see, Arizona recognizes that fentanyl is a weapon of mass destruction. While you see her beautiful smile and almond-shaped eyes scroll across those screens, more often than not, I remember her differently. Every time I close my eyes, I see all of the tubes. When it's quiet, I hear all of the machines that were keeping her alive. You see, my husband and I had to sit for 86 hours in the ICU while we were begging God, because yes, we're Christians and we're conservative, we're from Arizona. We were begging God, we were pleading God, bargaining that she would just breathe. Over the last 32 months, Ashley did not celebrate her son's fifth, sixth, or seventh birthday. She did not watch her baby graduate from kindergarten. She did not celebrate Christmas or Thanksgiving, nor did we as a family. I'm sure you guys did. So she celebrated the last of her birthdays when she was 26. She will forever be 26. Cut 11 go. Do you believe that Secretary Mayorkas is doing enough to fight the scourge of fentanyl? Not at all, no. Why not? I don't, I, he, he needs to lock down that border. Everyone keeps saying, give them more money. Those poor Border Patrol agents are now the welcoming committee. They are ordered to be the welcoming committee. They don't want to be the welcoming committee. They're told to do that by Mayorkas, by this administration, just like... The young lady next to you had said it's either Mayorkas or the Biden administration. Somebody is telling the poor Border Patrol to not do their job. No matter how much money you give them, they're still not going to be allowed to do. Well, I can't play the whole hearing here, but the Democrats 
were vile, interrupting, trying to destroy the hearing and the testimony, blaming everybody but the President of the United States, and this is his main job to secure this country and our border. Even the Democrat cities are crumbling. Our northern border is broken. Every state, every corner of this country is affected now. And they won't change their policy. They won't change their policy. I'll be right back. Mark in. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Now, in the course of this, as you'll hear after the break, because there's not enough time in this segment, you're going to hear Benny Thompson. And you're going to be appalled Absolutely appalled by this man, who is loved by Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsinger, loved by the American media, who's always been a radical bomb thrower. They try to reinvent him, of course. And I want you to hear from him, and then I want you to hear the response from Representative Mark Green, Republican of Tennessee what he had to say. This is an important exchange, or I wouldn't play it. I'll be right back. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. 
You know, we have a crisis in American education. I mean, it's a disaster. And it's affecting every corner of our country, our entire nation. Here's Benny Thompson, the chairman of the January 6th Stalinist Commission and other lousy, good-for-nothing things during today's hearing on Mayorkas. Cut 14, go. Those real levels of power don't seem to be flashy enough for my Republican colleagues. They don't want to do the hard work of creating workable laws or collaborating or compromising. See, this is the same lie time and again. Collaborating or compromising on what? On what, Benny? You don't tell us what. On what? What what do you want them to do? More money. More money for what? Ladies and gentlemen, Biden's in charge of the border. This is an area where he's not usurping control. He's in charge of the border. But he's helping the drug cartels. He's helping the slavers, as they're called. That's what he's doing. This is what his policies are doing. Everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. So we got to hear from... Benny Thompson, who tries to make a case against Trump, and here he is defending the indefensible. That's what I mean. These people are are corrupt. They're evil. Evil. They just won't compromise the Republicans. Well, did the Republicans trash all of Donald Trump's policies? No, it was the Democrats and their grand leader. I think I'll call him that, the grand kugel, Mr. Producer. The Grand Kugel. Some people call it Kegel. It's a Jewish food. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? So I'm going to, rather than the Grand Kugel, I think I'm going to call him the, it doesn't matter what I call him. Go ahead. To demand impeachment instead of engaging in a good faith effort to improve homeland security. I, I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed. What's happening on the border is intentional. Biden hasn't wanted to talk to anybody. He sends out his barely literate spokes idiot, who's a joke. Same lines, Republicans and no compromise. They got their lines. The Democrats are good at this. They're good Marxists. They're good fascists. They know how to repeat. It's the big lie. They like to talk about Hitler and the Third Reich, but they're very good at practicing Goebbels. That's right, I said it. The big lie and repetition. Really good at it. Go ahead. Republicans are more interested in giving interviews on Fox News. Oh, they hate Fox. If they could just destroy Fox and Israel, the world would be fantastic to these. But just get rid of Israel. We'll have peace and harmony. Just get rid of Fox News so we don't have disinformation. While we're at it, get rid of the border. Get rid of citizenship. Get rid of gasoline and oil. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Go ahead. Dean has explained today there's no constitutional basis for impeaching Secretary Mayorkas. Of course there, there, there is. And I've cited the constitutional provisions many times. Just that Benny's a slow learner. Benny's an ideologue. Benny's a Marxist. Has been a very long time. 
Mark Green, Republican Tennessee, responds. Cut 15, go. And I, I have to address the ranking member's suggestion that we would use these young women as political pawns to make a political statement. I am offended by that. His, his closing remarks could have been made at a political rally. It's despicable to suggest that I would use the two of you as political stunts. I'm trying to show that every American is unsafe right now with these ridiculous border policies. What happened to you ladies and your daughters could happen to any American. And the reason they've happened is because the secretary isn't following the laws passed by this body, both Republicans and Democrats. And if he were a Republican, I'd be saying the exact same thing. It has nothing to do with politics for me. I spent 24 years prepared to give my life for this country. And at times I thought I might have. No, what matters to me is that document that I swore an oath to defend. And this secretary has spit on it by saying that co-equal branches of government don't matter to him. I'm sorry. He's got to go. He's so arrogant. He didn't even show up at this hearing. Remember during the January 6th committee, all the yelling about contempt, send them to jail. They're undermining Congress. You don't hear that anymore. Because the Marxists will use liberty to destroy liberty. They'll use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution. They're hypocrites. It doesn't matter. The ends justify the means. It doesn't matter. Equal application of the law? No way. Why would they do that? The law is an ass, and they'll use it as long as they have to until they have victory. Then they'll put in a new law. They're not about equality. They eliminated the word equality, and they replaced it with equity. Marx would be proud. So would Lenin. So would Mao. So would Castro. They'd all be proud. Good going, Joe. That's the way to do it. Equity. We're human beings. You can't have equity among human beings. We're not playthings. We're not data points. Equality in terms of equality of justice, equality under the law, yes. Equity has nothing to do with that. Equity says, in essence, you got to end up at the same place. Unless, of course, you're a radical left-wing Democrat. The rules don't apply. They don't apply to George Soros or LeBron James. They don't apply. No. I want to thank Mark Green for that. Very, very important. But this is what's going on on the Hill today. Well, you people are working and paying taxes. Well, you people are doing your jobs. The Democrat Party did everything they could to sabotage this hearing about what's going on on the border. And I want Americans to understand this because it's becoming clear to all Americans, black, white, and in between. It's becoming clear to all politicians, whether they admit it or not, that our country is being destroyed, that our classrooms are being destroyed, that little kids can't even get into their classrooms anymore. It's becoming clear 
particularly in every inner city in America, that they're going broke as a result of these policies. It's becoming clear that their citizens, many of whom, if not most, are minorities, are being shaken down, are being robbed, are being beaten, have a knock on the door at 2 in the morning begging for something. It's becoming utterly clear. Ask the people on the south side of Chicago. Ask them. Ask people in the Bronx. Ask them. Ask people in North Philly what they think about open borders. Ask them. Not about white privilege, Joy Reid, you dumb buffoon, you racist. It's not about that. Joy Reid's not even in touch with what's going on in our inner cities. Benny Thompson. I thought he represented a largely minority community. But he doesn't care about them. He's in Washington. And I'll ask you again, American, I've asked you repeatedly. And I want to ask black Americans. What kind of representation are you getting? What kind of what kind of representation are you getting to these people in Washington? They represent you? Driving up the cost of your food with inflation? Paying off somebody else's student loans? They represent you? Blocking the ability of your little kids or grandkids to go to good schools? Is that what you want? They don't represent you. It's not about civil rights. It's about civil rights Marxism. Civil rights Marxism means you have no opportunities. You will be told what to do. You'll be educated about what they want to educate you about and how they want to educate you. That's not about freedom. It's about the opposite of freedom. I'm serious. Benny Thompson's been in Congress for a long, long time. And I asked the people. I believe in Jackson, Mississippi. How's it going? Things going okay? Crime in the streets? The cost of even a drive through restaurant? How's it going? Is your life better? If it is better, does it have anything to do with the government and Benny Thompson? I ask our fellow Americans who live in these communities, who have to live with the outcome of what happens. How's the Democrat Party treating you? Are you freer as a result of Democrat mayors and councils? Are you safer? Are your kids getting a better education? Oh, we need more money. They don't need more money. Does China need more money? Does Castro, I mean, does Cuba need more money? North Korea, they bankrupt their own damn countries. Look at California. Look at California. Borders wide open. And Newsom wants them wide open. 41% of the people in California were not born there. How does that work? 
everybody's not pulling in the same direction. Everybody's going in their own direction. When it comes to the culture and assimilation and patriotism and allegiance to our country, so quaint, so old-fashioned. Consequences are obvious. Military recruitment is so low, it's frightening. Recruitment in the police, so low, it's frightening. And here's something I want to tell you, not to upset you. But we are headed for an economic crash. The interest rate on our debt is so massive, massive. It's $700 billion right now. It's $200 billion a year, more than it was two years ago. Once that gets out of the box, there's no putting it back. You understand what I'm saying? There's no putting it back. How do you put it back? So we'll debate about a government shutdown. And we'll be told, oh my God, we can't shut the government down. Every single program is precious. What about the quarter of a trillion dollars you lose every year? Hey, don't bring up facts. We're ideologues here. They took the COVID money and then they used it as a baseline. So forevermore, we're paying for COVID forevermore. Hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. And they want to increase it on top of that. And by the way, it's just not the Marxist Democrats. It's people like Susan Collins. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. I have to be honest with you, and I always am. I miss my family. I haven't seen some of my family members for over a month because they live in other parts of the country, some of them longer than that. And my wife, who's had back surgery, was with her for a period of time, but many couple weeks. It's tough. Look, I know I'm not fighting a war. I do. But I'm a family man, and I miss my family. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. 
It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 I honestly believe that if we had a real press i mean newsrooms that really sought impartiality and objectivity even though they're unachievable it's the pursuit of them that's important this would be a far happier united harmonious nation i'm talking about newsrooms not even opinion makers they're destroying the country And they destroy it by their affirmative activities and by their censorship. And their attacks on individuals with whom they disagree. There's something going on in our country which is diabolical. And I have not heard Republicans in the House or the Senate speak out against this. We have an administration that is sending cabinet members to another country, an ally, the state of Israel, which has a parliamentary system, and it's even more complex than that. So a a government's always a coalition government. You have to have members in the cabinet, some of whom are from the majority or the most popular party, Likud, but some of which are from minority parties. And so that coalition has to stick together in order to have a government and in order to have that prime minister. If the coalition breaks apart, the government falls and they have a new election and potentially a new prime minister. Antony Blinken has been meeting with cabinet members in the Netanyahu government. Separately from Netanyahu. He's bragging to the media. They're regurgitating what he says and does. He's met with several of them to try and undermine Netanyahu's war goals, which is to defeat Hamas, to undermine his position that there must not be a Palestinian brand new country on their eastern border. They're not only meeting with members of his own cabinet separately without without the Prime Minister. They're meeting with members of the opposition party and the leadership of the opposition parties, plural, I should say, 
planning for when Netanyahu is removed, when he's ousted, if a coup takes place, whatever. That they'll be ready to work with a Lapid and other radical leftists. We don't do this with any other country. We don't mess around with China's government. We don't mess around with Cuba's government. We don't mess around with anybody's government. This is real imperialism, but it's, it's more than that. If Israel wasn't a Jewish state, if Israel wasn't one of our closest allies, if not the closest, and if Israel wasn't such a tiny country relying on help from we the people in the United States, this wouldn't be going on. If Israel were a Muslim country, this would not be going on. It would not be going on. And the way they they camouflage all this is their hate for Netanyahu. You can see it on the morning show on MSNBC. I'm really shocked at Joe Scarborough. I really am. You know, I've been making fun of him over the years and so forth and so on. I'm really surprised at his venom. It's just, it's, 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 it's really over the top. I don't understand it. I understand it from Joy Reid. She's a racist and an anti-Semite. I got it. And most of the others on MSNBC, but not from Scarborough, being honest. And I look at CNN, Jake Tapper, a Wolf Blitzer leading the way. Well, that's counterintuitive, isn't it? Andrea Mitchell writing for this administration, undermining their... So they, what they, what they do on the left and what they do on these networks is they, they bifurcate things. So in other words, using Hamas's statistics doesn't mean we hate Israel. What? Using Hamas's propaganda doesn't mean we hate Israel. What? Opposing Zionism, for you folks out there, Zionism simply means a country like Israel, that the Jews have their own country. You know, the Arabs and the Muslims have 25 of them. And by the way, the Palestinians originally from, were from several of those Arab countries, but they don't want them. And now they see the opportunity given to them by the United States. Netanyahu is really the only leading figure in Israel. There are others, but I'm saying leading figure in Israel who is outspoken in his rejection of his country surrendering, making another deal with the same enemy, And out of all of this, lesson learned is to create a terrorist nation right on their border, which they will not survive, the Israelis. Why is that controversial? And why do the American media keep lying, particularly in the morning at MSNBC, that it was Netanyahu who had all this intelligence information that Hamas was going to attack? When in fact it was the prior government, Lapid and Bennett, that had the information. 
Well, that doesn't mean Netanyahu didn't get it later. But he didn't get it later. Even the people at the time who were in charge of the government didn't get it. So why would you say Lapid and Bennett, these are the great, the great saviors? But there's enough blame to, to go around. There wasn't this concerted effort to get rid of Franklin Roosevelt after Pearl Harbor, which was really a complete failure of leadership, failure of intelligence, failure of a military reaction prior to the attack, and a failure at the top at the, at the White House with FDR. No call for his head. 9-11. 9-11 was being planned and plotted under Clinton and was executed less than a year in under George W. Bush. Nobody called for Bush's head or Clinton's head. It's amazing. But in our own country, they reach all the way into Israel and they demand Netanyahu's head. He's been the problem all along. That country has seen more economic growth, quite frankly, more technological advancement, including in military uh, you know, equipment, than ever before. Of course, October 7 is a disaster. It's not the disaster of one man. It's not even a disaster of one government over there. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So you have Quislings in the Republican Party, and you apparently have Quislings in Likud, and two of them apparently have leaked to the Jerusalem Post, which used to be a solid paper. Now it's kind of crappy. Good articles from time to time. I linked to them, but overall the leadership there is really lousy. Left-center, moving hard left. Used to be right-center. Not anymore. Not anymore. So I want to give a message to the members of Likud. I want to give a, mem- a message to the members of the coalition and the war government. I want to give you a message. The Second Temple. Remember the Second Temple, America, Mr. Producer? The Jews built a second temple where the first one was. The Babylonians destroyed the first. For over five years, the Romans laid siege to the Second Temple in Jerusalem. Some of you have been there, seen on TV, the Western Wall was one of the walls. They laid siege. They sought to destroy the Second Temple and the Jews. Behind the walls in the Second Temple... The Jewish population factionalized. Different groups. Most of them at each other's throats. And I mean that literally. Sometimes fighting to the death. So within the walls, while they were under attack, trying to defend themselves against the most powerful army on the face of the earth, the Romans, they were fighting with each other. And again, I don't just mean debates. I mean fighting, battles. Well, we know the answer. The Romans breached the walls. They destroyed the temple. They slaughtered 
hundreds of thousands of Jews, and I'll think about that number back then. The main road was lined with crosses, with Jews nailed to the crosses. One of them, of course, was Jesus. In fact, the tale is it was so bad that at some point the Romans couldn't find enough trees to make enough crosses. But imagine, lined thousands and thousands of crosses with with people nailed to the cross. They weren't tied to the cross. They were nailed. Their palms were nailed into the cross. Where they died in the sun. They burned alive or they were eaten alive by insects and so forth. Likud, the other parties within the coalition in Israel and the Jews generally, they better have learned a lesson from the Second Temple. I fear they haven't. Because they have two great threats taking place right now. The Islamist Nazi terrorists who do have the ability to destroy them. Particularly as weapons become increasingly advanced in their hands. In the Biden administration and the Democrat Party. Which wants to Eliminate their commander-in-chief, Netanyahu, whether they like it on MSNBC or not, that's the commander-in-chief. Trying to destroy the cabinet, trying to install the opposition party, who Biden's never liked Netanyahu, Obama, a true anti-Semite, in my opinion, as I've explained year after year and why. He despises Netanyahu because Netanyahu wouldn't go along with a nuclear deal that threatened his country. And he actually spoke to the U.S. Congress. And so Biden was furious. And remember, Blinken worked for Biden. He's never forgotten it. So Netanyahu is being pressured by our regime to surrender. And then, as a result of surrendering and being attacked... Handing the enemy 30 to 35% of their country. But don't worry, these will be moderate, peaceful Palestinians who are led by whom exactly? Nobody. Every time they get a chance to vote, they vote for terrorists. Every time they get a chance to vote, the Palestinians vote for terrorists. Nobody's repressing or suppressing the vote. They support terrorism. The culture supports terrorism. Whether CNN likes it or not, but CNN is okay with it. Because CNN effectively supports terrorism. That's right, I said that and I mean it. I can defend it and explain it over and over and over again as I have. I just speak the truth. Here's Benjamin Netanyahu at a news conference today. Responding to pressure about the need to produce a Palestinian state. Can you believe this? Can you believe the effort to exploit the situation by the Biden regime and his cabinet? Can you imagine if Netanyahu sent members of his cabinet over to talk individually to members of Biden's cabinet for the purpose of undermining Biden and trying to remove him and replace him with Trump? Can you imagine such a thing? Go ahead. 
For 30 years, I am very consistent and I'm saying something very simple. This conflict is not on the lack of a state of Palestinian but the existence of a state, the Jewish state. Every area that we evacuate, we receive terrible terror against that. It happened in South Lebanon, in Gaza, and also Judea and Samaria, which we did it. And therefore, I clarify that in other arrangement, any other arrangement, in the future, the state of Israel have to control on the entire area from the river to the uh, sea. This is what happens when you have sovereignty. This truth I say to our American friends, and I also stopped the attempt to impose on us a reality that will jeopardize us. A prime minister in Israel has to be able to say no, even to the best of friends, to say no when you need to and to say yes when you can. Mm. Guess he doesn't understand the the iron-fisted pea brain of a man that sits in the Oval Office. He's the head of their country. Those are his people. He's to represent them and protect them. He's doing something Biden won't even do for us. To represent us and protect us against our enemies. Biden won't do it. Biden's paying more attention to Israel's border and trying to destroy it than he is to our own border. Let me repeat that for the slow listeners on the left. Biden talks more about Israel's borders as if he has some say in it and control over it, even though he's not an elected member of the parliament. than he does her own damn border. And yet, think about it. If he won't secure our border, then of course he's going to pressure Israel not to secure their border either. This man is on a suicide mission and he wants to drag all the rest of us with him. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Let me ask you a question. In one minute's time, I will demolish the whole two-state solution issue. Let's say we, or the Israelis and the United States, create this, this new country. What's going to stop Iran? from arming it. What's going to stop Iran from toppling it? Iran controls Iraq. Iran controls Yemen. Obviously Hamas, Hezbollah, controls Lebanon. What will stop any of that? Elections? The Palestinians vote for terrorists. They do it every single time. That won't happen. Let's say things go south in this new country and it becomes a terrorist state. What will we do about it? We won't do anything about it. Iran's a terrorist state and we're funding it. What will we do? We don't even secure our own border against the Mexican government. They're not exactly a terrorist country, but stuff's pouring over the border. This is what Netanyahu sees. This is the experience of Israel. Create a country of terrorists. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. So we have uh, Biden in, you know, let let me just say this. Biden doesn't have a positive thing to say about we the people, never. He doesn't have a positive thing to say about this country. About our ancestors. 
When does he even speak up the military or the police? Never. This is a guy who's absolutely done nothing for the country. He's been on government welfare, that is politics, his entire damn life. Since he was 30 years old. He's never had to manage anything in the private sector. No production, no development. Nothing. He's never had to manage businesses or situations properly or lose his job. He's been on a government salary with a government pension and government medical care from day one. He's a welfare king. And yet he knows how to run the whole world. From pharmaceuticals to oil companies to gas burners to washing machines, automobiles, airplanes. It's amazing. The guy knows how to do everything, run everything, and has never done anything. And so I have these clips in front of me where he's at it again. Wages are up, he says, in North Carolina. Wealth is up, he says. It's a lie. Wages are up, but it's not keeping up with inflation. Wealth is certainly not up. You folks and others, you're borrowing money like never before, and you're using the worst interest rate possible on credit cards. Says about Trump, trickled down, but not a lot trickled. What, what is he, an idiot? What's he talking about, his own uh, urinary issues? Trickled down, but not a lot trickled. I actually think he's the first president in modern American history to wear a diaper, Mr. Producer. I really believe that. You think he does? You know, it depends or something like that. Look, you have urinary, I got it. Depends are fine. What I'm saying is they talk about firsts, right? I think he's the first president of the United States to wear depends. I really do. I really do. And by the way, notice they have never released a list of the medicines he's taking. Now, of course, you've got to take what you've got to take. But notice he's never released it because he's got issues from the neck up. And also, apparently, from the uh, waist down. Neck up, waist down. Dan Goldman was a U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York. What a hot shot. This guy must have been unbelievable. Only the best of the best, you know. And he gets elected to the House of Representatives. I would say next to Raskin, he's one of the biggest a-holes there. He's very stupid. I don't even know how he was an assistant U.S. attorney. Well, maybe these standards have been lowered. By the way, you know who I've engaged with again and... I really never wanted not to. Because he's a great guy and an old friend, Andy McCarthy. Did I tell you that, Mr. Producer? Because I think I soured that, honestly. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? I like the guy. He's a smart guy. We don't always agree on Trump, that's 100%. But that said, there's so many people who deserve to be pounded out there. Why am I pounding him? So, 
It's not hard. Send him an email. And I was uh, truthful about it. And he's a gentleman. And he responded in a beautiful way. And I definitely want to bring him on Life, Liberty, and Levin because uh, there's a lot of legal stuff we can talk about. I'm just bringing this up because I'm talking about the uh, Southern District of New York where this reprobate Dan, the hell's his name? Dan Goldman comes from. So he's misogynist. Well, he pretends not to be. Matter of fact, most Democrats are. All those Hollywood Democrats, you know, molesting women and other, they're all Democrats. What was the guy's name? Weinstein, Weinstein? Democrat, big Democrat, Hillary Clinton supporter. You got Bill Clinton with Epstein, Democrat. So he goes after Elise Stefanik. Why? They're not going to go after people who aren't really smart and good. Well, there's, there's low-hanging fruit like that guy from Long Island or wherever the hell he was from, that Republican. But that's different. Guns are blazing. They'll always go after the people they fear the most. So this clown, Goldman, wants to censure Elise Stefanik over January 6th. It's like this guy Raskin. I told you about it. You know, they tried this emoluments clause in the Constitution, which basically says, look, if you're president, you can't be on the take and you can't take a title from another country. It's basically what it says. In other words, like Joe Biden, his family and he have been on the take a long time. That aside, so Jamie Raskin takes the figures in which these Trump uh, properties, you know, they're there to make money, clubs and hospitality and all the rest of it. Listen to this. Listen to how twisted these buffoons are. So people from other countries, including senior officials in government and so forth, maybe they'll stay at one of the Trump places in Florida. Maybe they'll stay at one of the Trump places in New York. Maybe they'll stay at what was the Trump place in Washington or the one in New Jersey, whatever it is. And so what Raskin does is he wraps all that up, adds up the amount of money as best as they could calculate it, and says, see, Trump has been taking money from China. You believe that, Mr. Bidisi? Sick! Well, because he's a Marxist, like his daddy was a Marxist. I'm not kidding. And they compare that to try and distract from Hunter Biden shaking down foreign governments using his daddy's name and doing absolutely nothing. See, to them it's the same. This is why, whatever they say, you must reject. They're evil. Absolutely 100% evil. And they lie. I won't give them a quarter. I won't give them a nickel. But you get the point. So this this lowlife Goldman, I'm going to try to say, then you got another moron, goes to the floor with a picture of the uh, Lady Liberty there on Ellis Island. And he says, you know, these Republicans, really, they just, they hate migrants. Oh, yeah, right. No, 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 they hate my, All the slavery that's going on on the border, this punk doesn't mention. There's slavery in America right now under the auspices of Joe Biden and the Democrat Party and this jerk on the floor of the House. There's slavery going on in our country. You can call it sex slavery, call it whatever you want. It's slavery. And... The white leftists, the brown leftists, the black leftists, all over TV, say nothing. Same with the ones in Congress. 
a rainbow coalition of silence. Let me repeat this so they can repeat it on some of our favorite platforms on TV and radio. There's slavery in America today. Slavery. Today. Joe Biden was a racist and a segregationist. He came into office. He immediately was attracted to the two racist senators from Mississippi, the racist senator from West Virginia. They became his mentors. George Wallace took notice and praised him, and he praised George Wallace. And I can do that on and on and on. It's in my book. Now, under Joe Biden, hear me, America! Under Joe Biden right now, there's slavery taking place. Slavery, and I'm not kidding. But the border's under control. I mean, a Democrat wouldn't oversee slavery, would he? They're the only ones who ever did. Ever. So this guy, Goldman, he says, I have an idea. Let me attack Elise Stefanik. Haven't we asked this lowlife to come on the show, Mr. Producer? Nothing. All these tough guys. Raskin. Romney. Sanders. Who else was there? I don't remember. Whole long list. But they will go on my buddy Hugh Hewitt's show. You know, Hugh Hewitt's a very, very good friend. Have I told you that, Mr. Producer? No, he's a rhino. (laughs) This drives him nuts. I always do it. No, he's a rhino. But he is a good friend. He's always been a good friend. He has. He's a very good man. But he's a rhino. I think he'll admit it. He was a Ford guy in 76. That kind of lays it out for you. Ford guy in 76. He may even be a Haley guy today. I don't know. He was a Christie, pretty friendly with Christie, until Christie turned on him like a killer whale. Turned on him. I had to come to my, the defense of my friend Hugh. He didn't deserve that. Don't ask Christie questions he doesn't like, you know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Oh, this show flies by. At least it does for me. At least I think it does. But, you know, of course I think it does, right? Because it's me. I don't want to end this show on a negative thing that is playing Joe Biden. But let's, and I'm not going to play Charles Barkley on CNN. But uh, his show is sinking, his ratings, they have no ratings. And he talks about Nikki Haley and her comment about uh, racism, that the country wasn't built on racism. And he says that was stupid. America was built on racism, first of all. America was certainly built on slavery, says King. Yeah, certainly that, yeah. Listen, you can criticize a country. This is the greatest country in the world. You can still criticize it. Anybody who thinks we don't have racism, you turn on the TV. Every single day there's racism. Charles, no, there isn't racism every single day. And you of all people should know it. And your family knows it. If there was racism every single day, well, you wouldn't be where you are. But you are because of merit. See you tomorrow, and God bless. God bless.